Wow. So, well, we are just so humbled to be hearing stories, and we've invited people for our series to share a little bit. Uh, we've reached out to people who've been with us in the past, and uh, some for here in the present, and we were blown away, and so many uh, leaders, uh, Jason leading the dinner group uh, with him and others, just uh, it's been, we're blown away to be part of this story of helping people find their way back to God. And so today, uh, once again, welcome. Uh, if the, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at DCC. And, and we're in a series called Being Rich. And uh, a fascinating statement, right? And so we want to flip this phrase on its head a little bit and look at how Scripture calls us to this, but not in a way that we would think. And so all of this is leading up to a celebration on, on November 21st. I have to remember what month we're in. And uh, we are working on three commitments. That's why you've got a card uh, along with your programs. But together as a church family, we're working on um, three commitments as we learn to follow God. And this is between you and Him. Uh, this is for you to decide. And we want to celebrate these steps. We're learning how to give, uh, to serve, and to love. Do something meaningful, loving for someone in your city over the next month. We want you to take and commit an hour to serve. And so the sharing place is an awesome opportunity that's coming up. Sylvia mentioned that. We're doing that every month. You can sign up online now. There are spots still left. Your dinner groups can take a step and do something together this month. We want to love our city. We want to make this a way of life. I want to unlock an incitement in you and a freedom of really understanding how God is pursuing all of us. Even if you're someone who uh, is on a journey towards God and, and what that means, uh, and learning what he talks about and says about all these things helps us to see and understand his heart for us. And so if you're willing to lean in and listen to God and, and take steps to follow him, it'll change your life. I promise. I promise. It's amazing. And so uh, we're learning how to give, serve, and love. And so I want to start off with this, and we're calling this series Being Rich, okay? So guess what? You did it. You did it. Did you know it? What it? You're like, what is it? What did I do? You're rich. Guess what? You are. Listen to this. The top, if you made, this is actually old data now, so it's changed now, but, but if you had made $33,000 in one year, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. If you, are, if you make 33000 in one year, you would have been, at one point in time, not too long ago, in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. If you made $80,000, you would have been in the top tenth of a percent, 0.1% of wage earners in the world. How crazy is that? Whoa, so okay, that... So I don't know where you define what rich is. Like all of us have a different definition, but financially, you're rich. And so I've got good news and bad news then for everybody here today. Okay, you ready for this? All right, so the good news is you're rich. Like, like a lot of pests here are kind of fit in this category. You're connected to someone who fits in this category. And so, wow, so okay. So that means that God has blessed me with more than I need. That's incredible. And so what we call this a gift in Ecclesiastes 5.19, it says this. It says, Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, this is a gift of God. It's a gift of God. He has given it to us. And when we really begin to understand that, it changes our heart. It changes our 
heart. So if we can begin to grasp that principle that it is a gift, it's amazing what God can do with that and how your life can change. So that's good news. Okay, so I gave the good news first. That's what we're supposed to do. Now the bad news. Okay, I've been pumped up. All right, the bad news is you're rich. <laughs> Financially compared to the rest of the world, you're rich. Uh, we learned last week that, that money is tied to our hearts, and that means it's harder for us when it comes to this. We have more money available to us than most anybody else in the world. And Jesus said this, he says, he says how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. God. Well, that's really interesting. Okay, so just all joking aside, let's look at this. So what's interesting is we, we have all these perspectives. You're like, so you kind of be like, oh, wait a minute, there's cost of living is higher, and like, I understand all those things. But we really just forget how blessed we are living where we do. But we have this kind of general view of money. So we think, okay, we have several views, okay? So one is this, and we could, we could paint many here today, but here's two. One is, you know, to be okay, we think, to be okay in my life, I just need money. Like if, if, you've, if you grew up poor, if you grew up in a, a place that you were impoverished or you struggled to get things, you were like, if we could just get to a better place, then I will be okay. That's a general view we have. So if I give someone money, then they should be okay. We want to help them. And listen, this is not advocating for poverty, and we, if we want to fight for those who are experiencing injustice. We believe strongly in all these different things. We have that kind of view, right? If you pull them out, give them money, they should be okay. But then there's this whole religious perspective uh, that comes in and says, well, money is bad. You know, God, you know, you got you to give all, away the poor, all your money away to the poor, and you've got to be poor to, to really experience God and to be a really godly person. That's what you got to do. So we have all these different perspectives. And one view makes us think that if you are poor, then you're not okay. And the other one says, well, if you're rich, you know, you're not really following God. And it's really interesting. And so here's the interesting part of this, or maybe the problem is God doesn't take either of these views or many of the other views that we might throw in there. God doesn't think that way at all. It's not what scriptures show us. In fact, in God's infinite wisdom which sometimes is perplexing for us, but it's always greater than ours. When we look at how he works in the world, he's appointed some of his followers to live poor. And then he's appointed others of his followers to live rich. Do you know that? Like people who followed him, we see it in the scriptures and in modern day life. Some people in their pursuit of him, they've been appointed to live poor. And some appointed to live rich. And you might be like, really? And, and, and we, because of how we view money, we, you might struggle with that statement on either side or whatever it may be. How could God do that? Like, that doesn't sound right. Like, how is this? You see, God doesn't see us the way we see us. He doesn't see you the way you see you. He sees your heart. He sees who you really are. And that's so important for us to understand. All right, so then what does Jesus think about those who have lots of money? 
or celebrity, and, or maybe they have both. Like, do they have a place at his table? Is that okay to like just have a lot of money? Is that, is that really true? Is it okay to be like Jeff, Jeff Bezos wealthy? Like, is, is that, do they, could, could he be a follower of God? Like, I don't know. Like, that, some of you be like, I don't know. Like, uh, so, or can I be a part of Jesus' circle of friends? But what about others? Namely, maybe those in our, in our community, in our families, our church, who are living close to bankruptcy or paid, they're living paycheck to big paycheck. Are they more virtuous because they have less? How do we figure that out? So, well, let's look. I mean, let's go to Jesus' interaction with this man we call the rich young ruler. This is a, a very infamous interaction that Jesus had. This is found in Matthew 19. And it says, Behold, a man came to him, came to Jesus, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And so he said to him, which ones? He's like, okay. He gets excited. He goes, I can do this. And Jesus said, okay, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all of these I've kept. Okay, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you will be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor. To sell, he was telling him, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in, in heaven. Come, and then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Okay. So is that like... Are we all supposed to do that? Is, is that a question you might ask from this? So is this a non-negotiable? Do we have to like, you know, select all, then hit apply all to this situation? What do we do? Is that, but hold on, okay. But then there's like all these other times of Jesus and, other, and God engage in wealth, like John 12. There's a woman named Mary, and this is not his mother Mary, another, another woman named Mary, who took a pound of expensive perfume and anointed the feet of Jesus. It was worth a year's wages. I mean, to have a bottle of perfume that's worth a standard year's wages, like she had money. Just to be, have a year's wages just sitting right there on the shelf. And then so Judas, when the disciples protested, he's like, why wasn't this instead sold and used for the poor? But guess what? Jesus received this lavish gift. In fact, he was lounging at the table while she did it. He accepted this extravagant, like just, Wow. Or how about Job? We look at the Old Testament scriptures. Job was just like the most godlike man on earth. And at the time, he was also the wealthiest man on earth at the time. Interesting. Abraham is someone who prospered. Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God gave it to him. And then he, he gave him incredible wealth on top of that. Like his wisdom was so great. He, he was great about getting wealth, and then people brought it to him. When Jesus died, when he was crucified, and it came time for his burial, well, there were two rich people who secured Jesus' burial site. He was, he was buried in a rich man's grave. And the scriptures never condemned them for being rich. Okay, 
Interesting. Yet, this is also true. Listen to the teaching to the early churches in, in 1 Timothy. It says, Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. And Jesus, in his teaching, we, we covered this last week, he says, No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. So Jesus told the rich young ruler who was enamored with his wealth that he wouldn't be able to enter life until he sold everything and gave it to the poor. So why would he tell him to give everything to the poor? And I just zoomed in, and I don't know where I'm at now. (laughs) Why would he tell him this? But then demand, not demand the same of Abraham or Job. And instead, pour out money on them. It was because the rich young ruler didn't really have money. Money had him. Money had him. He was a slave to his money. And Jesus knew what was best for his heart. He knew what would keep him actually from God. That, that was the best thing for him. So scripture never says having money is wrong. Craving and serving wealth is the problem. It never says money is a root of all kinds of evil. What does it say? Do you remember when you paid attention? It says the love of money is. The love of money is. All those words, love, desiring, craving, It goes back to what? Your heart. Your heart. And so God in his wisdom is leading you and me where we are. Isn't it amazing? I mean, just think about Jesus himself. He was born in one of the most humblest of ways. They couldn't even get a room in the inn to be born they're in a stable like it's just it's not how a king was supposed to show up. And God sometimes chooses the least of things to change the world. And other times he doesn't. It's about our hearts. And so with God, with God, it has nothing to do with the amount of money. And this is one of the biggest things that I would love for you and I to grasp and to wrestle with. And that's the first point today is with God has nothing to do with amount. And this is hard for us to understand because, right, because we just, how we, a culture around us, how you achieve status, how you improve in your life. And some of you, you will wrestle with this because you grew up in extremely hard circumstances. Some of you have moved countries. You've worked so hard to help your family improve. And these are good things. So we're saying these are not bad things. In fact, we, we fight for those who are in poverty, for those who are pushed down, that don't have a way out of this. We want to work. That's one of the reasons why we, we love New City Kids. Because they've been doing this for 25 years and they are doing generational change because of how they love others. It's the sacrificial love that we know that unless somebody steps into that circumstance, the cycle of poverty, of violence, and other things will never be broken. But we know it can be. 
But here's the thing. The, the loving like that comes from understanding all of these principles. That it's a gift that we've been given. And we love others. And it has nothing to do with the amount of money. God doesn't see that. I mean, just think of, you know, we understand God doesn't need our money. Like he made the earth, if he made us, he made the earth. If he made the minerals that we're so, you know, we're mining and we're getting and he made the gold, like he made the whole process of it all, like he doesn't need it. For him, he's about leading you. He cares about who you are and where you are going. And so we want to learn to trust him. And some of us are gifted in this. Some of us are not. Some of us need to learn. Some of you are, are gifted in making money. It's a gift that God has given you. And God can use you to make a huge impact. But here's the thing. I've, I've known people who are wealthy. I've known people who own multiple houses. I've been friends with them who are Christ followers, who are terrible at managing their money who are greedy and all these different things. But I've known people who are so quote-unquote poor and are in the exact same situation. And if they were given money, it would just magnify that greed and all those things happening in their heart. But I've known the, the flip situations in both times where I've been blown away by, by, by friends and others who, have been, who don't have much money, but they are so incredibly generous and loving. And the same can be said for those who are wealthy. And God can choose to provide however he wants to. But you can have a ton of money and your soul be wretched and be just as lost and hurting as someone else who doesn't. And vice versa. And we struggle with this because we view everything by amount. And God doesn't see that. He sees you. He sees you. Listen to this interaction Jesus had. This is found in Mark, Mark, Mark 12. Yeah. So Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And it says, many rich people threw in large amounts but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. She put more in. It's not about amount. It's about our hearts. Why is this? He says this. He says, they all gave out of their wealth. They gave out of their excess. For them, it was just a show. It didn't cost them anything. Says, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. And she put in two cents worth barely anything. And Jesus like, she gave more. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. So let's recap. Okay? So Jesus loves forever the poor and the rich. Jesus loves all. He loves all of you, the poor and 
the rich. And so that means then our money is a tool. There's nothing wrong with money. It is a tool for us. For Jesus, it's not about the amount. It is a tool. And so all along, when Jesus was teaching us about money, or we were getting money, or having, we're gifted, or we grew up in a, in a place where we just were blessed, and people around us were rooting for us and put us in places of position, or, or we had people, we had connections to others who got us the internships, who got us into this school, and all these different things. This has all been a gift that God wants to use for incredible good, that we may be rich in good works. Rich in what matters most, but the same is true if we are poor. We can trust Him and we can learn to love others. And it's not just about money because we, we are going to find out that it's about a way of life. And so, but we, we struggle with this, right? So we hear, you can't serve God in money, and we hear the love of money of evil, but what we actually perceive in our mind is money is evil. <laughs> or God, God means you, to love God means you can't have money at all. And so God never said that. It's never about a mouth and so, amount. So we're, we're dispelling, we're, we're walking away from these myths. And so that means the question for all of us here today is, do, do you have money or does money have you? And whether you have a little or you have a lot, what has your heart? And taking this step with God is a crucial step towards him, but it's also towards joy. Because suddenly, if we understand this, the pressure is off. But for us to learn to take these steps of our life, and giving is about, not just about money, it's about us, our time, our talents, our treasure. We're learning to give, to serve, and loving others, loving your neighbor as yourself. When you begin to take these steps with God, it's scary. It's scary at first. And this is the jumping off point for us. And for you, it's, it might be a first step of faith because for you, then it's like, is God real? Like I'm giving up my money. I, I worked hard for this or I'm supporting a family with part of this and, or I'm, I'm in all this debt. How in the world is this going to make sense for me to take this step with him? And for some of you, that might be, if that's a hard thing for you to wrestle with, it's one of the steps that you should consider as you pursue Christ because without these types of steps, we won't be able to follow him. And just like we want to honor God with our bodies in relationships, the last series we did before this about relationships, we want to learn to honor God with our bodies. This is another way that we learn to honor Him with our time and our talents and our treasure. And for some of you, it's like, wow, is, 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 do, do I really believe in God? This is about a way of life, and eventually it becomes who you are. And so how do you engage this? Well, it starts with obedience. It starts with a step, deciding, okay, I'm going to learn to trust you with this, and this is something for you to decide. You do it because it's what Jesus asked us to do. Then it becomes a part of you, and then you begin to see the fruit, and then you begin to experience the joy. You get to experience the joy of being like, I set a goal for the New City Kids to give $5,000, and we had people that were like, well, let's just do this right now. 
And then I'm like, well, let's just double it up. And this is so much fun to give to an organization that we know is impacting youth. And by the way, they're coming next week. We meant to say that earlier. New City Kids is coming. They're bringing their band. It's going to be awesome. Not like a marching band, but like a, like a guitar, drums, everything, right? And so we're, we're actually holding auditions ourselves. We wanna, they're going to give us a vision for what a real band can be, all right? So they're coming next week, and, and I cannot wait to host them here. And then we don't say anything to them, by the way. All right, keep it to yourselves, because after that, we're going to give them, a, not that day, but we're going to, anyway, okay, I think you get it, all right? So, there's joy in this. It's exciting to impact others. It gets us out of ourselves, and our world doesn't know how to do this. I have business owners coming to our church. They come to us and ask us, how do you do this? How do you love your city? Because we don't know how. It's so hard. They don't know how to keep it up. It's because, because we come from this of Christ-loving us. And it becomes a way of life. It becomes who you are. And money doesn't own you anymore. You are not a slave. It's why God said, test me in this. It's why he said that to us. You will never be fully Christ. You'll never be his without this in your life. It's not ours. He made it all. So God wants you to be rich. He does. Let me end with these scriptures that are a key part of our series, and then we'll end this time together. It says, do not store up, this is Matthew 6, do not store up riches for yourselves here on earth where moths and rust destroy and robbers break in and steal. Instead, store up riches for yourselves in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. It says, for your heart will always be where your riches are. And then the next scripture, you can go ahead and put it up. 1 Timothy. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. It doesn't say not to have it, right? But put your hope in it. But where do we put our hope? All right, but put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Wherever you are at today, all of this is leading us to life, to what really matters. It's about your heart. I want you to engage God I want you to take these cards, and I want you to engage with him. This is between you and God. And if you're a visitor here with us today, you know, this is an interesting pursuit of him for you to think about. This is not about our church increasing and all these different things. This is about us loving as he has called us to love. It's about a way of life. We give, we serve, we love. Let's love well this month. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you right now for who you are and how you're guiding our hearts today. We ask all this and give this to you. In Jesus' name, amen.